Hello, church family. This is Ezra, chapter 4, part 4. Uh, we are uh, just finishing up this uh, chapter for this week. And uh, you recall that this whole week we just talked about the persecution and, and how do uh, how are Christians supposed to think through these things. Uh, we talked about how uh, one reason why persecution happens is, one, because Jesus said so, and uh, persecution happens as a result of uh, people's hatred towards the exclusive exclusivity of uh, our our religion. We say that the only way for you to get into heaven is uh, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And we didn't make this up. This is what the Bible teaches. And um, in the context of Ezra, this is what's going on. There, uh, the, uh, they were building this. They were trying to rebuild the temple. And the enemies, uh, the Samaritans, uh, just a side note, the the term enemies here, it's in Hebrew, is actually the same word as Satan. Um, the idea being that this is some sort of demonic influence of people that try to go and stop the work of uh, the temple, which makes sense because uh, the devil hates the things of the Lord. And these people also did not have reference for the Lord. And uh, they wanted to uh, uh, join them, but the, uh, the, the faithful Jewish people, Zerubbabel and Jeshua, they saw uh, their... Uh, these Samaritans wanting to be part of them, and uh, they said no. Uh, they have nothing to do with them, um, which is our second point. The the reason why, uh, how, how do we endure these things is actually um, that we have to know, understand the world's means. Remember how Zerubbabel and uh, Jeshua, how they uh, counteract these uh, Samaritans that wanted to work with them, uh, is that they uh, said that the king, Cyrus, well, who gave him the command to do this. Now we get to this part. Uh, where after they've said that, after they said, uh, that the king gave them commands to do this, the Samaritans decided, okay, well, in that case, maybe we'll appeal to the king. So they wrote these two letters, or they wrote this one letter, and then they got this response back. Uh, they wrote the letter from verse 8 to 16, and then the response from 17 to 22. I'm not going to reread these two, but uh, just get the general idea that these, the first letter was that, um, they were slandering them, saying that these Jewish people are uh, are evil and they're wicked and they'll just make things hard for the king. Um, and you have to understand that from verse actually verse five and six it tells us that this was going on for uh, years. Um, this all of this persecution, although it's summed up here um, in these two verses, the first five and six, this is actually going on for eighty years. So for eighty years, the Jews had. Um, all these people saying things about them that were not true or trying to discourage them from continue working on the on the temple. Uh, and then one of the things that actually worked was they wrote this letter. As they wrote this letter, um, the result is that in, at the end of the chapter, verse 23, chapter 4, then as soon as a copy of the King Artaxerxes document was read before Rahab and Shimshai, <coughs> the scribe and their colleagues, uh, they went in haste to Jerusalem, to the Jews, and stopped them by force of arms. Then work on the house of the Lord, and Jerusalem ceased, and it was stopped until the second year of reign Darius, king of Persia. Um, so this is uh, the result of that. They had to stop working. So they were slowly chipping away at this, slowly building this thing, and it stopped. It wasn't. It was incomplete. And you have to understand also that the time that it stopped for them to resume in the beginning of chapter five, that's about sixteen years. Uh, so they have 80 years of just slandering and then like 16 years where they stopped working on this temple. And this was just you know, discouraging uh, for the for the Jews. But yet they understood uh, what they understood then. But we can see also that um, 
that people that are under persecution <clears throat> need to have eternal perspective. That's actually our last point today. Uh, how do we think about this? We need to have an eternal perspective on our suffering. We need to have an eternal perspective on our suffering. Um, these people, these Jews, uh, their, their work was halted. Um, and then you really, we don't really see uh, what happens during those 16 years. Um, Haggai um, actually gives a little bit of a better picture of what they were doing. And, uh, if, and actually it preached through the book of Haggai in our church. Uh, that was actually one of the, one of the sermons I preached when I was candidating. And then later on when I uh, became a pastor here, I, I finished it up. So if you want to just kind of hear uh, what happens after chapter four and beginning of chapter five, you, you can look up on our, our website, just Haggai chapter one and chapter two is a pretty short sermon, uh, but or two little short sermon series, uh, but at least gives you some idea what's going on in, uh, in between chapter four and five. Um, and we have to understand persecution is it's normal. And the result of persecution is oftentimes we need to wait. When we have an eternal perspective, a lot of times that means that we just have to wait on the Lord. And waiting on the Lord requires faith. It requires a faith that's unwavering, that is, um, that's unshaken because we ground our faith in the immovable God. Um, throughout the Psalms, uh, we see this, that the God is a God who, that the faithful people, those that, um, to love the Lord are those who, who wait for the Lord. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. This is a psalm that, that David writes. It just talks about his fearless trust in the Lord, that he isn't bothered by his current circumstance. And depending on how you look at it, it could be either the when he was being chased by Saul or Absalom. But in the end, he, he learned to just trust the Lord, to not be worried. And, and I think at times when we look at scripture, even especially in this portion of Ezra, like Ezra 4 to 5 is only like one sentence apart. And yes, in reality, it was 16 years. And we forget that that's actually like that in all scripture. Whenever we see David going through a persecution, we think, oh, that's only two two or three chapters of the Bible. But two or three chapters in a Bible context can, speak, can span for decades, years. So when David's saying, wait on the Lord, he knows what he's talking about. He knows that you, the faithful people, knows how to trust the Lord. And we did, in part, trusting the Lord means that we trust in his timetable of things. Uh, Psalm chapter 33, verse 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Uh, again, this is people that are planning against the, the uh, God's people, and yet we can we don't need to worry because the Lord knows when to act. We may want the Lord to act immediately and fix our problem right away, but sometimes what the Lord wants us to do is, is to learn to trust Him more and to wait on Him. Psalm chapter 39, verse 7, And now, Lord, for what do I wait? For what do I wait? My hope is in You. Again, all the Psalms understands that their hope is only in the Lord. He is the one that that, God, that that protects us. Psalm 62, verse 5, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. Later on in, in the book of Lamentation, this is um, this is, uh, this is is when the, the Jews were exiled. So if you think about Ezra time, this is like right before, uh, well, not, not right, like seven years before this. Uh, Lamentation chapter 3, verse 26, It is good for he... Wait silently for the salvation of the Lord. It's good for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth. 
Let him sit alone and be silent, since he has laid it on him. Let him, let him, this mouth on the dust, perhaps there is hope. Let him, let him give his cheek to the smitter, and let him be filled with reproach. So there's a sense in which uh, God's, um, uh, the people of God trust in the Lord in the light of no matter how hard things get. And even in Lamentation, Jeremiah, Jeremiah is saying that there is hope, and even though like for them, for example, for Jeremiah, he understands that the reason why they are suffering is because of their own sin. They did this. They're in, uh, uh, the reason why uh, they're suffering. Now, drawing to our context and our life, we know that there are things, there are times suffering, there are times persecution comes to us because of our own uh, foolishness, of our own doing, but Generally, if you live faithfully, if you're living according to Scripture, you'll still suffer for it, because that's what Christ said. Christ said that you'll suffer for doing good, um, because they hate the Lord. Uh, the only people that will have peace in this life, only in this life exclusive, are those who are constantly living in sin. They have this temporal mirage of security, um, but we know that their security is is fake, and it only be it will uh, they'll it'll be revealed to them that their hope is is not is is not something that is going to be good for them because they will meet the Lord who sees all things and will punish them for their sins. But as Christians, when we're being afflicted, we have the eternal we need to have the eternal perspective that no matter how hard things are in this life, God will not only give us the strength to endure in this life, he'll give us a faith to continue uh being faithful to him, um but that we also have eternity uh a million years from now However, however long the suffering you might endure in this life will seem just so small in comparison to how long of a time you have in paradise. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Uh, this is speaking of Paul when he's saying that he has a thorn in the flesh. How um, after seeing of being getting this vision of heaven, um, the Lord sent uh, a messenger of, of, from the devil to torment him, to keep him humble. That's, <coughs> excuse me. But at the same time, since here's chapter 12, of Second Corinthians verse nine, I rather boast about my weakness, for the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecution, with difficulties. For God's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. We need to be like Paul in the in light of every circumstance, in, every, in light of every type of persecution. We need to understand that God will give us strength. Ephesians three verse sixteen. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to the strength, uh, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Even though our physical body perishes, we know that God is constantly changing and renewing, uh, our, 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 our inner self. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 11, strengthen, uh, maybe I'll read uh, from chapter verse 9. For this reason also since the day we've heard it, I will not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge, his, filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously thank, giving thanks to the Lord who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So part of what we need to understand in light of persecution is to have eternal perspective on things. Uh, there will always be some sort of attack on the church and, diff, uh, and ever since, I mean, even ever since the Jewish times, right? There's always people that are going to go against God's people. 
and may we, just like the Jews in the time of Ezra, have um, have an eternal perspective on things, uh, where to think differently than the, the uh, than the things, um, the way the world thinks. The world wants immediate solutions, but we need to trust in the Lord. Um, uh, we want to have eternal perspective on our trials and persecutions. So actually, that's my encouragement for us, is that we, um, that during times of persecution, how do we think about this? We need to have eternal perspective. This week we talked about why does it happen? It hap- why does persecution happen? Persecution happens because of the exclusive worship that we have with the Lord. Uh, how does one endure it? Uh, one way that we endure it is by using the means by which God has given us uh, through the legal uh, government, just like the way the Jews did when they used, when they were hiding behind with Cyrus's decree. And, and um, we can do that as well. We just need to know how to leverage these things. The Lord has given has established through his grace some loopholes where we can go through that doesn't violate uh, the law, and at the same time we can still be protected by it. And lastly, uh, we, uh, how do we think about this? We need to have eternal perspective. Think about eternity and be faithful in the moment that we have in this life. Um, we close our time in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, thank you for your word and reminding us that um, that you are indeed a patient God, and that even though things seem long to us, it's, it's, it's nothing to you. You can orchestrate and you can change things uh, in, our, in our life in a second or immediately, but you choose to allow us to uh, sometimes go through suffering for sake of us being more refined so that we could be more like your son, so that we can look away from things in this world and look to the things um, in heaven. And I ask, Lord, that if the persecution comes soon or when it comes into our life, uh, whatever form it may take, that we are always faithful, uh, that we strive to live holy lives, knowing that um, you are the one that we live for and you are our, our greatest joy and our hope. Um, may we have eternal perspective when things are hard. Will we be cunning and um, as serpents and gentle as, uh, as doves when we, uh, when in terms of figuring out solutions uh, to survive and endure uh, persecution? And also, Lord, that we understand that the reason why they hate us is ultimately because they hate you. That all that we do as reflection and devotion to you is what they despise. And may we um, not uh, not get uh, upset by this, but um, have a sense of, uh, have a burden for the, those who do not know you. And we pray for those that persecute us and hope that they can also be saved. Thank you for this time. We have to study your word. Pray we thank you in your son's name. Amen.